What's up, guys? Welcome to the Respect the Hustle podcast. So this week, you are going to be able to tune in to the five-day content challenge. So we're all stuck at home anyway, so I figure why not make the best of it, right? So content marketing, I know sounds complicated. But it's really just all about taking your passions and turning it into digestible nuggets that anyone could understand, even if they know nothing about your industry. So in the challenge, we are focusing on five elements that will help you master content marketing for your business. So day one is identifying your target audience. Day two, content planning, why and how. Day three, building successful content calendars. Day four, spring cleaning your email marketing strategy. And last but not least, day five, building flawless email marketing campaigns. So tune in this week for that content challenge. You can also actually be in the challenge live to be able to do live Q&A. If you follow the link that is in the description of this podcast episode. All right, guys, tune in and let me know what you think. See ya. Feel free to take screenshots if you see something um, that you want to keep. So let's go ahead and get started. So first things first, um, I feel like all the names I saw, I know everyone, um, but I'm Tanisha um, and my mission is to empower small businesses through digital marketing solutions. So I firmly believe that every business can operate on the same playing field as large corporations through digital. And from working in some of these corporate spaces, I know that a lot of times the C-suite, the execs, those leadership teams, still don't have a full grasp or understanding of how powerful digital marketing can be and being in this time right now has proven that a lot there are a lot of small businesses a lot of people who are still thriving during this time so that is my mission is just to help people understand that and be able to create you know good content <clears throat> so these are some of the businesses that that i have worked with shout out to brandy silver confetti events um and so i have been working in the digital marketing space for six years now five of those years um, were in email marketing and i started my business because i could not find a job following graduation so it started off as a side hustle where i was working with businesses while also um, working in corporate but it got to the point where I was pretty much reaching capacity and I couldn't handle being a mom, having the business and working. So um, April last year, I left my last corporate job and I went off on my own to do my own thing. So throughout the last six years, I've worked with um, some international brands, national brands, some local brands, and it's just been a really great experience for me. It, I don't feel that I necessarily have a niche yet when it comes to the brands I like to work with. I just know that I love digital marketing. So always down to work with um, any brand who has a mission that aligns with mine. So with that, <clears throat> some things that we'll talk about today is really simple. We'll talk about what exactly is content marketing and then how you can get started. And then like I said, if you have questions, feel free to unmute yourself. I'll make sure that I stop periodically to take a look at the chat. But again, you don't need to like keep it super formal. So first off, what is content marketing? So content marketing is material 
um, that can be blogs, video, even something like this can be used as a piece of content marketing that do not directly promote your business. So when it comes to marketing and branding, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of that 80-20 rule where 80% can be you know, fluff or content and then 20% is that sale. So thinking back to Gary Vee, which Brandy brought up before we got started, he has a book called um, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. And that is exactly what content marketing is. It is jab, 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 content, content, content. And then that right hook is the sale, is when you ask for the sale. So if you're able to give people something tangible that they can hold on to when they're looking for someone to plan an event or they're looking for an event space, they're looking for someone who you know can give them some pretty balloons, they're gonna know Silver Confetti Events is the place to go. So that's what content marketing is. Is anyone currently doing any sort of content marketing right now? Let me make sure I pop in the chat. <clears throat> Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know Brandy's doing a lot of really cool stuff, which is exciting. Um, anyone else? I heard somebody say yes. Yes, I am. Okay, awesome. Let me move this chat out the way. It's like in my face. Okay. I am also. Perfect. Yeah. Yep, Instagram counts as content marketing as well. If you guys are posting on social media, doing any blogging videos, that's all content. Cool, so why is content marketing important? So content marketing allows you to position yourself as the industry expert and build credibility. A lot of times when I'm working with people, the reason why they have trouble with content is because they overthink it. And if you follow me on any social media, I feel like I talk about this a lot, where content marketing is really just about taking your passion and turning it into something that's digestible that anybody can get that information from. So I always like to use hairstylists as an example because not enough of them are putting out like content that I think would be really cool. So hopefully one day I can get like a hairstylist or a salon as a client. Um, but especially right now, this is the perfect time for a hairstylist to hop on a, a video or do a live and show people how they can clip their own ends because obviously we can't go to salons right now. Um, or if you are a lash artist and you know people don't even if they're at home they don't want to be walking around with only two lashes so maybe showing people how they can safely remove the lashes that they have just so that they you know aren't looking crazy if they're hopping on video and doing stuff if you are someone who does nails um content for you right now could be how to give yourself a manicure just to at least keep everything looking decent until the next time you can get into the shop. So when you're able to build out this type of content, when people are ready to purchase or they're ready to make that next move, they're already gonna know you're the person to look for. Um, content marketing also allows you to become a hub for industry news and trends. So when Facebook was and kind of still is under fire with Congress because it was found that um, there was fake 
ads um, and fake news. I don't want to say fake news, but fake news being spread across Facebook when the 2016 presidential election took place. A lot of people were asking me, okay, so what does this mean for Facebook? And if you are doing Facebook ads um, for your business, I'm sure you've already seen a lot of changes there. Um, I know a lot of people have noticed that if they post info information about the coronavirus, it has been removed from Facebook. So they're trying to take those steps to make sure that when things are being posted on their platforms, especially something like the coronavirus, that those things are credible. So if you are the expert in whatever it is that you do, if there's a significant shift in the industry, people are going to look to you for those things. Or if they're looking for, you know, certain type of workouts, if you're, you know, like with Jisha um, and Herbalife, they're going to look to you to be able to say, well, let me go to her page and see if I can find some great home workouts to do since I'm stuck at home. And then content marketing also allows you to build brand awareness. So like we were talking before, I don't know if some of you heard, but I was on a, um, a Zoom call before this <clears throat> of a woman in Chicago and she put together um, a presentation about COVID marketing best practices. And something that she mentioned is that a lot of these brands are scaling back on their content marketing, on their advertising, but what we need to be doing if we can handle it, obviously we want to make sure that we keep our mental health and our peace at the top of mind, but if you are able to be producing content right now, it's a great time to do it because this won't be our life forever. We all won't be stuck at home forever, God willing. So when we get back to our normal lives, those brands who stayed in people's faces, sensitively of course, and those brands who were producing content are gonna be the ones that people remember. Um, so building brand awareness is always a great way to help your brand. And even for me, the reason why I wanted to put out this content series was because there are people who I'm friends with on Facebook or connected with through email who know me but have never worked with me before. So by me doing my Tuesday tips, my tip of the month, doing something like this, it gives people an opportunity that is risk-free because it's a free um, thing that I'm doing to be able to see me work in action and then later on could decide that they would want to work with me because of that. Um, let me check the chat. Okay, cool. We're good there. Any question? Any other questions about like why content marketing is important? Let me scroll through. Make sure I'm not missing anybody. Okay, sweet. So here's how we want to get started. So the first thing that you want to do is decide on the type of content you want to produce. So I know um, Jisha said Instagram. So social media is a form of content. Um, as of right now, I know you, some of you said you are producing content, but what type of content are you putting out there right now? Um, Brady, you're doing some videos and stuff on Wednesdays, so that's really cool. Um, anyone else doing something besides um, video or social media? Anyone writing blogs or podcasts or anything? Cool. I so you did a live, okay. Yeah, that's great. Did you do it on Facebook or Instagram? <clears throat> I did it on Instagram. Okay. Uh, I'm still learning like which platform 
to do more of the video on yeah. um, between those two. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I so, did go live on Facebook, and at first I was saying, well, this is not for pure romance, but I was talking about health, so I guess mm -hmm. that is content, like, leading up to my herbalist stuff. Yeah. Another thing, too, with the lives, um, oh, Brittany said that she started a Friday funny and a Monday question to promote interaction. Yeah, that's really good. That's awesome. With the lives, um, I don't do too many lives on Instagram. I need to start, though. But I've been using Instagram TV a lot. So what I'll do for my Tuesday tip, which I need to have to do today, is when the live's over, um, if you log into Facebook on your computer, you can download your live video and you and like repurpose it in other places. So I do that all the time with my Tuesday tips. I'll take them from Facebook and upload them to Instagram on the Instagram TV. So I can use it as a post later. Um, so that's the first thing you really want to do is just think about the type of content you want to produce. And I encourage you to start where you're comfortable because it's going to be easier for you to start um, creating some consistency. I know someone said being consistent <clears throat> was a little hard for them sometimes. Um, but if you start where you're comfortable, so if doing lives make you uncomfortable, you don't have to start there. Um, but start in a place that you feel like you're going to thrive. So if it's just simply posting on Facebook or posting on Instagram, that's where you need to go. And then what I used to do before I started doing Instagram lives is I created a private Facebook group that was just for me and like a couple friends. And I would practice going live in that group just to get into the habit of it. And that's how I got comfortable. So start where you are. Um, really think about the content you want. So whether it's a social post or um, a Friday funny or a blog, that's the first place you need to start so you can understand what you need. So again, different types of content include blogs. So a vlog is like a video blog, um, like something you would put on Instagram TV or YouTube. Social media accounts as a type of content. Webinars like this. So all the webinars this week are things that I've already done um, either at a conference or a prior training. So you can have this content that you're kind of just sitting on and you can repurpose it however you want. Um, and training courses as well are forms of content that people can either purchase from you um, or you can, you know, repurpose it as many times as you want. A lot of times if you see people doing like masterminds or, you know, any sort of classes that way, it's probably forms of content that they've already put together and they're just repurposing it. <clears throat> yeah, and that's exactly what you should be doing, Brandy. Like, it, for me, content is not something that always has to be brand new. So if you have an old piece of content that did really well, go back and look at why it did well. Was it the day that you posted it? Was it the time? Was it the graphics? And try to repurpose it in other ways. So like I said, with my Tuesday tips, I download those tips. And if you go look at the TJEcom um, Instagram, I'll download those tips, put them on Instagram TV. And, you know, over the course of a month or so, I'll go into my phone and, you know, crop that video down into 30 second clips, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and use that for posts as well for Instagram. So repurposing content is definitely the way to go because you don't have to 
make it new all the time. You just have to be putting it out there for people to see. So different platforms that you can use to produce content. For me, I use WordPress for my website. Um, so that's one. Um, Blogger is another blogging site that you can use. Of course, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, all these places is, is where your content can live. Right now we're on Zoom. I could be recording this and using this as a piece of content later. Um, even having events, the things that you do at that event, the materials that you give people, that is content. Um, Google meetings, one-on-one -on -one meetings. I mean, anything you can think of is probably some form of content. Any questions about the different types of content that you can produce? All right, so step two is you need to decide how often you want to produce content. Um, so right now, how many times a day are you guys posting on social media or sending emails or anything like that? Four, yeah, that's really good. Four is great. Anyone else? Two? Nice, okay. So I, not enough, yes. I feel like I wanna post more too. Um, I would love to post like three times a day. Um, that's what I really wanna do eventually. I try, I try to do it at least twice a day. Um, so that, that's something you gotta take into consideration too. So when you're thinking about the type of content you're gonna produce, you gotta decide how often you want to produce that piece of content. Because if you're thinking about posting on social media three or four times a day, then you got to think about what type of, is it just going to be a, a static post? Is it going to be a video? Because that's going to factor into how much time it's going to take you to be able to get that content together and ready to go. And that's also helpful if you're working with a third party person. So if you're working outsourcing your marketing or your blogging to someone else to be able to let them know that you're going to produce, you know, you're going to post three times a day, every single day. So they need to make sure as they're preparing that content for you that they have that bandwidth to make sure that things are getting scheduled and put into the right places. So that's that's another place you know to think about when you're thinking about the content start also considering how often you want to be putting it out there um, so if you're unsure about where to start when it comes to determining your posting frequency or even if it's a video or a blog I like to say start with your site analytics so if there are certain times a day where people tend to be on your site more often reading things more often then start there. Um, you can look at this too with your social media insights. So you can do this on your Facebook business page or your Instagram business account. You can look at those insights and it'll tell you between 12 and 3, like this, these many people that follow you are online. So you're going to know if if my peak time is all day on at the top of every hour, then maybe you need to be posting at the top of every hour. And that doesn't necessarily mean an actual post, but it could be a story too. You can utilize those Instagram and Facebook stories. Think about peak times for email. So I'll send out an email, let's say at 10 o'clock 
And if I know that another high percentage of people tend to open those emails at noon, um, then maybe you want to resend it at noon to make sure they get it. This this is all going to be unique to your business and what you have going on. Um, you should also think about A-B testing. So maybe you'll send out you know, an email on one day at a certain time and then another day at a different time to try to find that balance to see when are people interacting with me. That can help you as well. Um, hold on, I see a question. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> so um, Taylor said, do you recommend keeping um, your Instagram as a personal and then converting to a business? Because she noticed that her content is shown more when it's on personal versus business. And that is definitely done on purpose. So Instagram, um, as you guys probably know, is now owned by Facebook um, for for a while now, actually. So getting organic traffic on either of those platforms is very difficult because they want us to essentially pay to play. So, um, which, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. So I feel it if that's what they want to do. That's, that's why we were talking about TikTok. It's a lot easier to get that organic traffic because it's such a new platform. But it is harder to get organic traffic right now. What I've noticed is that when I'm utilizing all features of Instagram, like I'm commenting on people's stuff, I'm posting a few times a day, I'm using stories and lives and IGTV, I feel like I show up more and get more interaction versus if I have a couple weeks of not doing that, which I have, I've noticed there's been some shifts in engagement. But that that is true. Um, my own the only thing, yeah, pretty much <laughs> putting in an eight hour shift on social media. Yep. Um, but the only downside to using your personal is that you don't get to see those analytics and insight. Now, what you can do is have a Instagram account for your business and it's doing its thing on the business side and utilizing your personal page as just your personal brand. Um, you can do that as well. I do know Facebook guidelines. I haven't looked at Instagram guidelines in a while, but technically you're not supposed to promote a business or use your personal Facebook page as a business. So that that's another thing um, to consider. But I schedule pretty much everything. So it's very rare that I'm posting in the moment unless it's my personal um, Instagram or my personal Facebook, everything else. Yeah, automation for me is the key to just keep things flowing. Now you can't schedule um, stories, but you can set up, um, schedule it and it'll send you a reminder like, hey, here's the thing that you need to post to your story right now. And there's a lot of different platforms for that, which we'll definitely touch on, but. Uh, yeah, they they make it a little difficult for us because they want us to pay for advertising. So, um, okay, so when it comes to content, something else to consider is the type of tools that you're going to use for your content. Um, so is anyone currently using tools like a scheduler um, or Canva to create content, anything like that? Which if you're not using Canva, that's what I'm using for this right now. I've heard of Mojo. I've never used it, though. Okay. 
Cool. So yeah, this presentation was made <laughs> in Canva. Um, so, okay. Yep. Hootsuite buffer. Those are great tools for scheduling. So some tools to think about when it comes to content is, um, of course, those tools to actually create the content. So if that is something like Canva, which this um, slide deck was made in Canva, that's something to consider as well. If you're a Canva Pro um, member, you can get extra access to a couple things. Um, I've never used Mojo, so I don't have any tips on that. Um, or how you create content there. Um, if you're like a super um, designer person, of course, having that Adobe suite like InDesign and Illustrator are things you can have. That is not my forte at all whatsoever, but if it is yours, then that's definitely something to consider. Scheduling tools, which some of you have dropped in there already with Hootsuite and Buffer. So I've used Hootsuite a long time ago. Um, I was using Sprout and then I went to Buffer, but now I'm back to Sprout. I'm not a huge fan of Buffer because I'm really big on analytics um, and Buffer was making me like pay to have like the Buffer business account, but I also had to pay an additional fee for analytics, which I thought was stupid. So I didn't want to do that. So I use Sprout Social right now, um, which I love. So I'm trying to work, I'm working that now back into my business budget because for me, it's just worth it, like having those numbers, but that's because I'm managing so many accounts. So like I can't, I don't have the capacity to log into everybody's account and try to pull numbers and information. So that's why I'm using Sprout. But if you are, you know, just running your business accounts, I definitely would recommend going for some of those free or cheaper um, social management options. It's a lot easier for you to do stuff with. So Buffer is a great one. They have a free version and even their paid versions start at like $15 a month. So super, super easy to use and navigate. You can also use Facebook Publisher. I'm not sure if you guys know that, but your Facebook business page has a publishing tool within it. Um, so you don't need to pay for that. It's already built in. Um, and you can schedule your Facebook posts through there. I don't think you can schedule Instagram yet, but I'm sure it's coming eventually. Um, you can schedule in there. Of course, Buffer, like I mentioned, um, Canva. You can use Excel, Google Sheets to at least plan it out, which I'll show you guys what a couple of my different um, calendars look like. But those are really good places to start that are free to at least, you know, somewhat cost effective. Any questions about any of that? Okay. All right, so the fourth thing that I think is really important when you're trying to plan your content is to track your time because this will help you to decide if the type of content you want makes sense for your business and if it's gonna if it's wasting your money so if you charge you know thirty dollars an hour for whatever your services are and it's taking you you know three hours to come up with one social post it may not be worth your time to keep doing those things on your own because you could be making money doing something else and allocating that time at a more cost-effective way to just get somebody in there to help you with it. 
So something that I've always really wanted to do is more professional video. So if you guys ever use Bumble for dating, there's also a Bumble business version on that. And I actually connected with these guys on there, um, spare time footage, they're local. And we are bartering services right now where I help them with their social media and they help me get professional photos and videos. Um, so we did that for a month because I really wanted some video content, which you might have seen. And I knew that I can't, I mean, I can work my way around iMovie or something like that, but I don't have the tools I don't have the the knowledge to be able to create something like that. So for me, it was worth, you know, allocating my knowledge to get their knowledge and do a trade. Um, so tracking your time is great so that you know if, if it's going to take me five hours to edit a video and it would take them two hours. For me, it was worth it to do that. This also is going to help you determine priority. So if you know that certain pieces of content like writing a blog is going to take you a couple hours versus an Instagram live takes you 10 minutes, you'll know that you need to get those blogs knocked out of the way so you can allocate your time into other places. And like I already kind of went into, it helps you delegate if you're wasting your time and just allows for better planning to make sure the things that you want to get done actually get done. So a couple of things that you can use to um, to track your time. Toggle is a free tool. You can go in there and create, you know, let's say you have video, blog, social posts, and you can create projects. And then when you start working on those projects, you can start your timer and it'll start to show you how much time it takes. Over the course of getting into the habit and doing, you know, getting some consistency, you will probably won't need to track your time anymore because you already know in your mind, okay, I need to take five hours a month to sit down and really plan out my content, produce my content, get it all together because you already are going to have an idea of how much time it takes you to do some of those things. Any questions about tracking your time at all? Okay, and you can do it real basic too, like just writing down, I'm about to, you know, plan my content calendar and start start your stopwatch and really just sit there and see how much time it takes. Um, Harvest is another one. I believe that it's free for the most part, um, but that's another place that you can um, to track your time too. Okay. So number five is once you know the type of content you want, you know how often you want to produce it, you have your tools in place, you know how much time it's going to take. Now it's really time to sit down and create that calendar. So I'm a firm believer in content planning and having a calendar because it really just gives you a visual of what is planned, what type of content you need to produce and what platforms you're going to put it on and it really helps you just enhance your overall marketing strategy so um, i have a client who every week we sit down together well not in person right now of course <laughs> but we sit down and we look at her shopify numbers and we have a goal to say we need to hit you know this much a month and right now we're 60% of the way there. So what type of content can we produce? Can we send more emails? Can we 
do a Facebook ad? How can we reach that goal? Um, and we sit down and we look at that stuff. And the calendar also helps you keep track of past content. So if you are producing the content and then also at the end of the month going back and pulling the numbers, or you have a tool that does it for you, you can see what type of content tends to resonate with people more. So if it's video, which it probably is, it's probably video or anything that's a picture of you or you doing something for the business, because people, especially for small businesses, people love to see our faces. Um, well, for me, it's Tegan. Anytime it's something Tegan related, like that type of stuff <laughs> performs the best. Um, so it allows you to be able to see that and decide how you want to navigate your calendar moving forward. So different platforms to use. Some of them that we've already touched on um, is that Facebook publisher. Um, and Facebook does give you really good analytics to show you how much reach and engagement posts are getting. Um, Buffer is another cost-effective way to schedule content. Um, Google Sheets, and forgive me for my typo, um, or you can use Excel. So I, can you guys still see my screen right now if I go into... I'm at Airtable. Can you guys see this? Hopefully. Okay, perfect. So this um, I just found out about not too long ago. This is called Airtable and it's actually free. So I'm slowly switching over all of my clients to Airtable right now for content calendar. So the cool thing about Airtable is that you can put, you know, the date that you want a post to go out if the client or yourself have any edits, they can put them here. You can put the copy here. You can decide what hashtags you're going to use. And then you can also put, you know, the post that you're going to put in there. Now, obviously, if you're doing this yourself and no one else is, you know, doing your content for you, some of these things you don't need, like you don't necessarily need notes, maybe. Um, but it's a great place for you to have a visual of what your calendar is and the dates and everything. And then over here, um, you can decide, okay, does this, is this ready for someone to review? So for me and my clients, like I'll create this for them. And if something's ready to be reviewed, I'll just mark it in there. Like, okay, this is ready for you to look at, straight for you to look at. She'll go through and say, okay, this is great. Um, I don't like this. Let's do something different. Or, you know, she might have some edits and she can put it in there. I see something in the chat. One second. Um, okay, so this is this is a website, but you can also get the app as well. You cannot post from here, <clears throat> but it at least helps you to yep. Yeah, it's just air. I think it's just airtable.com. Um, and they have templates set up so you can you can go on there and it'll tell you. Yep, it's just a calendar. So I think there's an option. Which, let me just go see if I can so I'm on a couple different ones, but yeah, so you can do content calendar, project tracker. So this may be a great place. And I just have the free version, obviously. I'm not paying for this at all. Um, so many cool things that you can do in here. So I highly recommend Airtable. Um, this is my crazy uh, content calendar that I have for myself. So all of my Tuesday tips um, are in here. 
I have some interns right now, so he, you know, may hop in here and give me some suggestions for the future. But this is literally every single Tuesday tip that I've ever done since um, September of 2017. So I can go back and look. And something that I would like to do probably while we're, you know, all sitting at home is, you know, I want to know, you know, how many people... Um, how much reach did it get? How many views did it get? How many comments, likes, and shares? So then I can go see, okay, what type of, of, of all my Tuesday tips, what tends to resonate with people more? Is it email marketing? Is it social media? And having a place to go back and look will give me the opportunity to do that. So the actual content calendar itself for me is I'll have, so I have conditional formatting set up, which I should be able to, to pull up. Yeah, so I have conditional formatting set up. So if I type in something and I put Facebook, the color is going to change to this blue color. If it's something that's going to go in MailChimp, it'll change to yellow. So that way, if I'm looking at my calendar from across the room, I already know where things are going. Recently, since Respect the Hustle now is growing into its own lane, I um, changed some of my conditional formatting, color coding, so that anything that's Respect the Hustle is one shade of purple, and uh, the podcast is a different one, and then the TJE ones are a little darker. So, um, it looks crazy, I'm sure, <laughs> probably a little overwhelming, but for me, it works for me. So this is this is my personal um, content calendar. But for clients, I know it was a little crazy because obviously the way that I think is a little bit differently. So Airtable has been the way to go for sure. Um, so everyone who's in Airtable is loving it right now. So moving forward, that's where I'm going to put all of my clients and again, it's free. So that's a great place to start if you are um, just trying to figure out where to go and how to get started. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, I'm, I'm on an account in there and they were using it. So that's how I got hip to it. But definitely think it's really cool. Um, is anyone currently using any platforms or have questions about either of those? Let me pull up the chat. sweet all right does anyone have questions about content planning um or anything that we talked about or anything unrelated mailchimp do you have a specific question about mailchimp i've been using mailchimp for five years so i mentioned this yesterday i am debating on if i'm gonna stay in mailchimp um all my stuff's in there and I've been using it for a while, so I'm kind of just there. But um, they've added a lot of, like if you're using a paid version of MailChimp, they've added a lot of different things where it kind of feels like you're like paying for a lot of additional things. So I don't really know if I'm going to stay there or not, but if you have never used if you've never done email marketing or if it's something new for you, then I definitely say you should use it on the free version because it's a lot um, more user friendly. 
So, okay, so specifically about drip campaigns. So drip campaigns or automations is how um, I don't think you can do, you might be able to, to do, um, you can do single email automations in the free version. So if somebody signs up for your mailing list, you can send them an automated email for like a welcome campaign. But I don't believe that you can do like sales funnels without paying for it. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I know they changed that. You used to be able to, but then they put a cap on how many emails you can have in there. Um, Clavio, I'm not sure. I have a client using it, but she's paying for it. I've never personally used it. Um, but I would go, if you go to um, the MailChimp website and Clavio, they'll have a breakdown of what comes within the free version, what comes in like the mid-level and then there's like a corporate version. Um, but I, I definitely say if your mailing list has less than 2,000 people on it, um, then I would use something that's free. I don't think it's necessarily worth paying for and try to get those workarounds with setting up different segments um, and different triggers. Yeah, if you're looking for something more user-friendly, then MailChimp is definitely the way to go for sure. Um, the other ones are a lot more complicated. MailChimp is so much easier. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so I'm going, to, like right now I'm recording for the podcast. So you'll be able to tune in to the other ones from there um, for the rest of the week. Um, I'm going to drop, like, as soon as we're done, I'm going to press stop and just publish it and it'll, it'll be there. If you go to anchor, um, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash T-J-E-C-O-M-M, you can listen to the one from yesterday and then all the other ones will be up this week too. I haven't used Constant Contact in a really long time, so I have no background into how they're doing things now but I do know that most I feel like MailChimp is probably the most cost effective um in the long run but they they're a little behind on a lot of the um like the way you can get things set up which I don't necessarily like but the reason why I'm in it is because all of my stuff is in it so I'm kind of just there trying to ride it out and see what changes that they make um but I I was on the free version of MailChimp probably for the last like five or six years but because they made changes I now pay like $50 a month which is annoying but it's it's around the same cost that I would pay in other places too so <clears throat> Bye, Brandy. Thanks for joining us. She had to hop I had a question. Yeah. So, do you recommend that we just kind of build on one platform our content, and mm -hmm. then once that one has reached a level, then start to kind of integrate another one? Because sometimes it's overwhelming with all these different. They just keep adding more. <laughs> yeah. You mean like building on like Instagram or Twitter? Yeah. Or mm hmm. Um, I, I'll say not necessarily because 
we talked about um, target audiences yesterday and you just want to make sure you are where your people are. And the reason why like I'll take like my live and I'll like take the live audio and put it on the podcast and put it in other places because people receive information differently. So and their mindset is different too. like I know if I post something on Facebook, there's a 50 50 chance that if it's business related, especially right now, that someone's going to actually care <laughs> because for the most part, people are on Facebook, you know, sharing memes and making jokes. And unless I put it in like a professional group or something, then I, I'm not really sure if it's going to be received versus like. If I put something on LinkedIn, I know that it'll be received because people's mindset in that place is business. Um, so I think to like relieve some of that stress is to try to find a way that you can schedule some of your content, not all of it. Some of it can be organic and one off, but at least if you have a baseline of like three posts a week for all these different platforms, then you'll know that something is at least happening in those places. And then if you want to do anything extra or do anything one off, you can then decide where you want that to be. Yeah. Any other questions? All right. Well, if that is all, I hope to see you guys tomorrow. Um, oh, yeah. And if we're not connected on anything, all of my stuff is T-J-E-C-O-M-M. Um, and then on LinkedIn, um, you can find me through T-J-E Communications or just my name. Tomorrow, what is tomorrow? Um... Tomorrow we are talking, wait, today's Tuesday? Okay, yeah, so, so tomorrow we're talking about building successful content calendars. So we kind of talked about today, like why you need them and how you can get started. But tomorrow I'm actually gonna walk you through how to completely build it out. So today, if you have time, try to figure out, I, I would say Airtable, honestly, is probably the way to go. And if you need me to send you, um, the link which I should be able to just like drop it in there but I think it's just airtable.com um yeah so I would say set up get airtable or something set up like right now so that tomorrow when you get on and we're walking through how to build it you can actually do it in the meeting I would say do that and I'll make sure I post about that too um so do that and join us tomorrow um I got to do my Tuesday tip now. <laughs> so if you need me, um, feel free to hop in there. But, you know, I'm always around. We're all at home. So if you need me, just let me know. Thank you guys for joining and I'll see you guys tomorrow.
The Respect the Hustle podcast is brought to you by TJE Communications, a digital marketing and public relations agency with the mission to empower and educate small women-owned businesses by equipping them with the digital solutions to level the playing field between themselves and large corporations.